everything's wrong until you're extremely good at it. If you're concerned about this position over time, you know, like say, for instance, you getting taken into your strong position and you, you, you're worried about the wear and tear on your joints. I even got into it. This is British Strongman Podcast with Josh Lancaster and Change Your Man. Strongman programming and technical excellence for everyone. Boom. British Strongman Podcast, Josh Lancaster here and Change Your Man. So we're here. Oh, it's on it's on loop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. Today we're gonna to go and talk about the OSG that's gonna that's coming up in a couple of weeks, or next week, in fact, at the time of recording. So tell us a tell us a bit about your how many clients have you got doing it roughly, Shane? I won't put you on the spot and say an exact number or real amount, but I actually know the exact number. It's uh, 17 we've got. Brilliant, amazing. Um, so you've got 17 athletes across pretty much every every category, I think. So, yeah. Wow. So I I've got about ten, I think ten or eleven or something, and it's like it's great because you got as as Flash got some people and Curtis and like yeah, I'm team. including I'm including all those yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose that that's what that's what's good about this year. It shows that like how how we've grown as with our coaching. Like we've got you you've got your your obviously you've got your team that uh, have got athletes competing. My, uh, I've got my, I've got Molly who's got two people competing. Joe's got uh, somebody who's competing. Tim's got somebody who's competing. So like be, between between us, like we started this podcast what in lockdown or whatever, and um, now we've got what twenty nearly thirty people competing at official strongman games world. So what? Yeah, what it's you absolutely look- uh, it's absolutely mental, really, isn't it? Especially because that's the comp that. Um- for for UK, most of my I don't know about you, but most of my clients are UK based, really. Yeah, um, and it's um, yeah, it's it's a big trip, isn't it? It's not a lot of people, yeah, want want to go, but it's kind of one of those things where it's a big investment on on your part as well. So to have seventeen people that are going is yeah, absolutely mental. I'm really excited for OSG, Josh. I think this year looks stacked in every class, so it's gonna be real fun. Yeah, so let, that, that's what I want to talk about. Actually, like from like forget forget the the coaching hat now. Like actually, just from a fan's perspective, like, like that that's a thing about me and you. We actually love it from like the, the outside looking in, like beyond the coaching. We obviously we love our coaching and competing, but actually we're just fans of the sport. So yeah, I, I thought the let's have a look at the video that that Joe put out this uh, this week. So let's get the. It's the thing I heard talked about more than anything all weekend. Everyone's like, what did, did you see the stone? I could feel the oxygen depletion from my brain. Vision is getting fuzzy. You seeing this? I'm like, oh crap, I need to load this before I yeah. sneak in, pass out, and I get crushed by the stone. I'll make sure the back of my shoes are pretty clean. My heels are clean so Tommy can look at them when I go past him. I've been training for the last two years for this moment. Like, hope you fucking boys are ready because I'm bringing them. Yeah. Come on. I think main goal in the sport, obviously everyone's number one goal is to be the best under 80 kilo strongman. So some some class highlights there. So yeah, that that was it. That was the thing that stuck with me last year because I was I was watching it from the sideline, uh, like a bit really close, watching Richie Panganiban, and, and obviously competing in the under 80 class. So I'd, I'd come, I'd, I was like, not only just watching it from a kind of fan perspective, but I was actually in there doing it and. 
you know, tracking the scores and seeing how close him and Tommy were on that final day and seeing that Tommy had um, t- Tommy had finished the run and then knew that Ricky had to load that stone to win. That was just, it was just obscene. Yeah, apparently, like, um, apparently he does that a lot. I don't know if you've heard that, but Joe, Joe right? told me that, yeah, Joe told me that um, in training, he, he's quite common that he grinds a stone for fucking ages. So even though it was like to everyone watching, it was like because yeah, we've seen him do this in training like you know ten times on the build up. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely mental. But like you say, you never know with them things. You can end of a big comp. You could be that far, and then you just legs go or whatever. So it's uh, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy moment. And what what were your what were your other highlights? Have you seen the Have you seen a bit of the documentary that Joe put together? I think it's brilliant. So I'll add the link in description to the the podcast and the YouTube video. Yeah. So Joe's always uh, obviously Joe's always sending us bits as he's been building this documentary, and um, I'm a big fan of the under eighty scene. Under 80 scenes, one of my... I just love lightweight strongman, to be honest with you, Josh. I know you said before, fans of the sport, but I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, I mainly follow the lightweight scene and the... Um, yeah, in, in the male and females, because I don't know, I just love the athletes. I just love the... You know, it's a, I think it's a different vibe, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. There's, they're a lot more gritty. Um, there's exceptional standout performances on different events from different people, so... Yeah, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the the lightweight scene as a whole. And the under-80 scene is mental, mate. It's absolutely mad. I love it. Yeah, the, like, if you break it down into individual individual lifts, there's, like, freaks on on, on everything, isn't there? Like, um, it, yeah, the under-80 deadlift standard this last two years has just gone, like, insane, hasn't it? Because, really, the twins were the first people, really that were kind of like consistently pulling over 300. Um, and now you've got like 10 people and the record's somehow 360 now. It's like, yeah, it's absolutely, yeah, it's, it's mental. Um, I'm just waiting for, I don't think, personally, I don't think there's been some crazy standout presser appear yet. Uh, so I'm waiting for that. But um, I, I think I think Flash has got to do it, hasn't he? Like on the... I think like his his like in terms of like just raw pressing strength, like seeing yeah, yeah. Tra- training with him recently, and uh, and just seeing it in person, like seeing yeah, him flashes the- press this training block for OSG is gone. Yeah, his press for OSG is gone. I mean, it's always good, but it's gone absolutely mad. The thing with flashes, his press has always been better when he's a little bit heavier. Yeah. So it's not really carried as much over to under 80 scene. Whereas this time round for OSG, he's a lot lighter in training and hitting those numbers. So hopefully Flash, I'm hoping Flash can have a, a pretty standout performance on the uh, the Viking and the and the dumbbell. Yeah, that that was uh, amazing seeing him do that last week. But yeah, it'd be, be great to see him do a, a big axle. And uh, what 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 was it he did it on the on the log? 150, 150 plus. In the bar, yeah, 150 plus strict, yeah, 
Um, so I, I, I can't remember because Flash fucking weighs it and puts it down to the, the gram, doesn't he? He's like, 153.56 it was, Shane. Stop saying 151. I'm like, sorry, mate. You're 2.3 key. <laughs> so so what, what about the... Uh... What about the other events then? What who are your who are your favourites for the lightweights? Like what just as a fan, beyond comp performances, who, who do you like seeing? Who like watching? I like watching Tommy Me. I think he's fucking absolutely class. I just I don't know, there's just something about him. He's just a cool dude, isn't he? And he's got his own unique style. He likes got that Tommy flair on everything. Like you know, the way he does stuff, like the way he racks a dumbbell, he puts it on his fucking face. You know what I mean? It's uh just everything he does, he has such good proprioception um, and awareness of everything that's going on. And, yeah, he's just cool to watch, mate. Um, I really yeah, like it's, watching it's, him. It's like he's, um, I don't know, it's like, like he, I don't know, I can't articulate what I mean, but he's, um, I don't know, he's like, it's like he's somewhere else. It's, it's like out of, I don't know, it's magic. It is magic. Like, like just watching him move and stuff is just, yeah. And that was one thing actually, because Tommy came to me about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, because he needed help with his prep for OSG, and um, that was one of the things that I basically told him because he was asking me like, "What should I change here? What should I do here? I'm trying to do this technique on this stuff," and I was like, "Tommy, like, you need to just be you and." Uh, you know what I mean? Go go back to what you instead of trying to do stuff textbook, he performs better where he just does it his own style, his own way. And now he's kind of embraced that. He's he's in a good good flow with training. Whereas previously he was trying to like change all his unique techniques to be like textbook, and they weren't really going that well. So yeah, for, for uh, that's a good bit of advice to be fair for a lot of people is. There are definitely ways to do lifts that you, how you would teach them. For example, I wouldn't teach someone to dumbbell how Tommy dumbbells, but if somebody came to me already having that that technique, that skill, and it worked, there wasn't anything wrong with it, then it's okay to have a unique flair. And you could always say like everything's wrong until you're extremely good at it. Because then what will happen is people will be like, oh, I want to learn to dumbbell like Tommy. And you can create an implant. Strongman's a new sport. There are ways to do things that are a little bit different. And it's okay to, uh, you know, bend the rules a little bit and be a bit unique and put your own flair on it. Because at the end of the day, lifting's an expression of personality. And if you're a bit funky and you want to lift funky, then it's okay to do that. Yeah. I think it links back to a thing that you said on the story that uh, on your story recently that resonated with me, and it was um, it was about 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 strength peak, and it was like what what was it like in your basically your off season, you work on acquiring new positions, and then in your peak you embrace the positions that you're strongest in, and just what what was it? How did you how did you? It was say? like. Um... Like hardest position, basically the question that came, Rich asked me a question, which was yeah. basically, on my good morning, should I wear a belt and bend my knees a little more and get in this ultimate strong position where I can good morning like 200 kilos, or should I keep it beltless, straight a leg and as hard as possible? And I said, because we're so far away from comp, strengthen the hardest positions and variations possible. As you get closer to comp, you can... Uh, yeah, bend your knee a little more and turn it into the most powerful position so you can lift more weight. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that that's the thing that that I encourage clients to do is is like obviously when you're getting close to comp, like em- embrace the position that you're like the position. If if people are trying to like assume like a position like your deadlift, for instance, like that's a big one that everybody can relate to. Everybody does deadlifts, and like we, we've talked about it on countless times but people like trying to keep this kind of perfect position and then it got or the back straight for instance and then it going out of the window completely when they go over like 85 90 percent whereas this position that they're getting kind of moving moving towards during the lift it it's usually a message it's usually a message that that's probably your strongest position so i think as you such a common problem isn't it josh where people are like Oh, every time I pull 220, my back rounds and goes here, and I don't know what to do, and I can do all my volume at 140 like this, and I'm like, well, maybe you're doing your volume wrong. Maybe it's the flip reverse. Maybe the top-end weight that you think is wrong, maybe that's right. Maybe your volume's wrong. And sometimes just presenting that to someone, then they go away, do the volume in that position, changes the deadlift, and then they go, they become confident with it because it feels the same through all percents. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's like the same. Uh, I haven't got the videos handy, but I suppose like you, you've mentioned the twins before, using their deadlift as an example. Like when they started, it is like that they, they were <laughs> like a lot of people say that they've got ugly technique now. Like don't get me wrong, but like I, I personally think because I'm like looking at the bar path and position that they maintain throughout the lift. Like I think their technique is exceptional. To be honest, with my kind of. Um, philosophy of lifting but like a, a thing that they, that that worked on with them what they were doing when they started was that they were like getting pulled over the bar massively as they were initiating the pull you know trying to keep straight ish and then just getting then just kind of ego lifting or going heavy anyway and then getting mauled out as they went heavier whereas we, we taught them to right for your neural work or your heavy work like we're going to embrace this position that you're really, really strong and resilient in because basically you've been lifting like what a lot of people would say, you've been lifting like an idiot for a couple of years and been getting away with it. So you've built like loads of strength and resilience in this position. So now we're going to tactically embrace that and actually get better at maintaining a semi kind of flex position all the way through the lift. And then when we're in your off season or your accessories or whatever, like, We'll, we'll work on strengthening the muscles and the positions that basically make your lift prettier over time. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that, yeah. That, that's kind of how you articulated it in your story really well the other day. And it was basically like off season, like when you get close to comp, basically embrace your strongest positions and where you're resilient in. Yeah. And if you get in mold somewhere consistently, it's probably a message that you're really strong in that position very often. But then if you're concerned about this position over time, you know, like say, for instance, you getting taken into your strong position and you're worried about the wear and tear on your joints, even though you feel like it feels really good, you feel really strong, you don't get any pain, but you think that over time you might be wearing your joints away, etc. Then in your off season or your assistance work or whatever, however you structure it, like then you can work about work on patterning these more beautiful or ideal looking positions and i think it's going back to the same point what we're saying about like you're using tommy as an example before like four weeks out from comp like he just needs to back himself and just kind of go in with what feels right and then i don't even think about it just let just or trust all of his experience to just create the magic on the dance floor 
And then when you, and then afterwards, when he's maybe prepping for the, the macro cycle for next year's Worlds or something, then you can kind of look at addressing all these little kind of intricate things. You 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 said it uh, loads of times before on here, Shane, where you've said about like you you kind of do, I can't remember how you worded it, but you like dislike it when somebody will just come and say, right, well, make me better in six weeks for this comp. Whereas actually, you like like the build is it the 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 magic's actually in the build the like fucking years or two years or 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 longer. Yeah, because you just got to work with what you got for comp, haven't you? Basically, if you got six weeks, it's like, well, I can't control what's happened the last ten months, but I've got two months to extract out of you whatever the hell that last eight months did. And if that eight months smashed you and your body's hanging on by a thread, then it's hard to extract much in it. Whereas if the last eight months was really good and somebody's peaked and primed and ready makes that last two months really really easy which is why when someone just comes them last two months it's kind of out of your control but then it's a risky thing because you get all the blame don't you like if you peak someone for a show for six weeks and it goes terribly even though the previous phase was out of your control it still kind of comes on to you so that's why i don't usually like doing it but tommy's a different case i like tommy and he's an animal so uh, plus i knew that his last coach was good at very good at programming so i was having faith that um you know he was in good good state basically 